I think it's going to be a good Lent. And I think that, uh, I think Father said it best on Wednesday morning, make this your best Lent ever, which I think was a kind of nice way to start the 40 days. That's for sure. Pews podcast. We're just two guys talking about the Catholic faith over a couple of pints of our favorite craft beers. So why don't you slide into the pew alongside us and listen in for a while. I'm having tonight the Old Flame Munchner Dunkel, and oh. I, think, I think I've mispoured it. I know I've, okay. I know I've mispoured it. See, the thing, of, the, the one thing I look to when you put that mispoured and have that big head is that anticipation that you've got to let it rest for a couple of minutes before you can actually drink it. Yeah, but boy, I'm, that is a. But I'm thirsty now. Yeah, I know, but that is a big head on that beer, though, too. Remember, that's about half. Now you're drinking all foam. I can tell. Yeah, uh, but that looked really good. That looked like a really nice beer. I wish I was joining you. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, what are you drinking? Do you have you got a ginger ale? I had I no, I had some water earlier on. I I might grab a ginger ale, maybe some orange juice, maybe some wine. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, I'm just giving up beer, but not wine or alcohol. Like somebody today, and I won't mention any names, but at school they said they're giving up coffee, but they're having tea. And Diet Coke, you're gonna, if you're going to have the, or Coke, you're going to have those caffeinated drinks. We're really, you know, I mean, we can all do that. Find a little wiggle room, correct? Correct. I was part of that I conversation. And, and no, I was saying, because I had a conversation with someone else the other day too. And they said, well, I, I, I need to ask you. So like Sundays don't count in Lent, right? And I'm like, well, do you want the short answer? Or do you want the long answer? And the look I got was, okay, the short answer is, Yes, Sundays don't count. You don't. Okay, good, because I wanted to be able to drink wine at least once a week. And afterwards, I thought, you know, if you're looking for loopholes for your Lenten promise, how much of a promise is it? Like, how much of a, a sacrifice are you really looking to make? True, true. Is, but, okay, is your, but is your heart really in it? Right. But let's, let's take, play the devil's advocate for one second and say, okay, at least this person is one trying to make an effort to give something up and two, they're really looking, you know, they're, they're saying to themselves, okay, I'm going to look at that 40 days and take it seriously. Now you're right. I don't like the loophole bit. You shouldn't be, but the, the, the idea is that Sunday is supposed to be a feast day is one is supposed to, you know, imbibe on what they have given up or one can but you're right i mean looking at the loophole you know, well, no, you shouldn't be looking at the loophole right at the get-go type thing oh no like for sure and, and i get that and that was the the reading for today the first friday in lent the friday after ash wednesday the the gospel reading um about fasting and the disciples of john going to christ mm -hmm. saying you know 
how come we fast and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't fast? And you know, Christ's answer is, you know, how can you fast when the bridegroom is bridegroom, present? There, yeah. there will be a time when the bridegroom is not with you when right. you will need to fast. And I get yeah. that on Sundays we're, we're celebrating the resurrection and, and mm -hmm. we're in church and we're with the Eucharist and we're present with the Eucharist. So we should not be fasting. We should be feasting on the Sundays. And, and I completely get that. I think, like you just said, it's the perspective that you approach it from in that, you know, if you're looking always for the loopholes, if you're always looking for cutting the corners, starting to cut that corner, you're going to cut another corner and you're just going to keep whittling it down until it becomes a, a minimalist project. Or, or you start to do good works or do little charitable acts instead of giving up some, which is, of course, you should always be doing charitable acts. But the fact that you're, you know, you're not willing to give up anything, but just a short story about that. I remember when, when I was young, my parents, every single Lent, the, uh, the 40 days, the, well, the 46 days, it was always cigarettes and alcohol was off. It was off for the full Lent and it was off for the Sundays. The only day, both being Irish, was St. Patrick's Day that they would imbibe in that day and they would get the most of that day. Now that something, you know, that was to be, I, I certainly, I was, you know, I think that's why I, I try to give up something, you know, every Lent is because I saw them and they, and they certainly didn't say Sunday's okay, I'm going to go back on it. They were they were gone for the full, the full time of Lent. Yeah. No, that, and I got, and my lungs were totally cleared out for that 46 days. Cause I mean, I'm telling yeah, I could yeah. breathe again. <laughs> I never had that role model growing up. Lent wasn't a huge thing hmm. in our house. It wasn't a thing period in, in our so house. So your, your, your parents, your dad wouldn't have given up the cigarettes at all. For, no. no, oh no, no, no. Okay. No, Lent was not a thing in our house. You know, there was maybe a little bit of lip service and people would say, you know, what are, what are you giving up? And you, know, you throw out the, the usuals, you know, chocolate or chips or pop or, or mm -hmm. what have you. And that would last for, you know, until about noon on Ash Wednesday. And then it was just forgotten. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even discussed or talked about in our house. We didn't have that, hmm. that growing up. And so okay, just from what, what you're seeing, we, we're here, you know, pints in the pints and pews, and uh, you're not having a pint because you've given up the year for Lent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's and, only been three days, so I won't, I won't put the cart before the horse quite yet. And just a little aside on that last thing with my parents. So one, one Lent in the mid 80s, they gave up, again, the cigarettes and alcohol. And after that Lent, with the cigarettes they never went back and then you know to, uh, that's 35 odd years ago and my dad you know still alive today and probably because he he gave up he gave up those cigarettes but yeah i'm trying to do that uh robert yeah absolutely and you know what it's uh it's difficult on nights like this when we'd like to crack open a beer for pint and pews but um it's only another 40 what 43 days to go there there, there you go and, and, and that's awesome story about your, your dad, because I always like to say, you know, our, our Lenten promise, our Lenten sacrifice needs to become an Easter habit, mm. right? We, we need to make these sacrifices and these promises in Lent with an eye to growing closer to Christ and through that become a, a changed person when we come out the other end at Easter.
were talking about earlier today, that notion of that you, you don't realize how much a slave you are to your passions until you start mm-hmm. fasting. And Absolutely. And I love that quote. Do you have that quote handy? Yeah. You don't understand how much of a slave you are to your passions mm-hmm. until you fast. And I think making that fast just really brings into focus how much of a slave we are to certain things and to certain vices. Absolutely. Right. And it's just, I, I just, I find it amusing that you're giving up beer for Lent because really within Catholicism, within our Catholic faith, the only reason for beer is Lent. When you, you look back to the, the monastic traditions that date back into the 1600s, actually in, in Bavaria, the, the land of beer, the monks would brew special beer for Lent because the monks themselves would do a complete Lenten fast. They would ingest no solid food hmm. for the, the period of Lent. So they needed to find another way to, to get that nutri- nutrients into their body. And so they, they brewed this beer, the, the Doppelbach beer, for nourishment. And they nicknamed it liquid bread. And if you've ever had a Doppelbach, if you've ever had one of the, the really dark Bavarian beers, and tonight I'm, I'm drinking a, a Munchner Dunkel from our, our local craft brewery here in Port Ferry. But the, the Doppelbach is even heavier than that. They think something like a Guinness, but even more so, like a, a double Guinness, if you will they realized like they were onto something good. And they said like this, this beer, it was a nice, a very sweet aromatic beer. And they said, no, this beer is too good to be a sacrifice, right? So they actually sent a barrel of the beer to the Pope. Right, I remember this. You were either, I saw an article about this or you had sent me something or, and, and there was a thing, yeah, no, it was on. I remember reading this last year, go, go on. Yeah. And so they sent a barrel of this beer off to the Pope to, to get the Pope's blessing that they can actually use this beer as their Lenten sacrifice. And as the barrel crossed the Alps uh, and in transit, the, the barrel of beer spoiled. Right, right. So by the time it got to Rome, it was rank and putrid. And the Pope's like, you know, what kind of gluttons for punishment are doing this for their Lenten sacrifice? Yes, of course I give my blessing. So since then, the, the monasteries in Bavaria have been brewing this Doppelbach uh, during the, the Lenten season. And I was very fortunate back in another lifetime in my, my youth, I spent six months living just outside of Munich and there was a, a cluster index. There was a, a cloister not too far away. And I was there during Lent. And so yeah, we would be able to have the, this Doppelbach and it's, you know, it's really nice beer, but it's strong stuff. And when you're drinking it by the leader, it catches up to you pretty quick. Absolutely. I, I yeah. can tell you that. Well, now you that, have that story, a story about that guy too, who actually, um, what, what about that story yeah, you were telling yes. me today about the so, gentleman who's, uh, a few, <laughs> who decided to take his diet to ago. a new level? <laughs> a, a guy in Iowa, and he was, he, he was a journalist, and he wanted to see, it. was this really true that you could live off of, just drinking beer for the 46 days of Lent, like the 40 days of Lent plus the the six Sundays. Mm -hmm. And so he got permission from his wife and he got permission from his boss. 
and permission from his doctor. He was, he was being followed by his doctor, of course, through all of this. And so he partnered with the local craft brewery where he lived in Iowa, and they brewed for him a, a, a proper double buck. He would drink four beers a day, Monday to Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, because he didn't have as many obligations, he would drink five beers. But that was all that would go into his body over the course of time. So he wasn't eating anything. He wasn't drinking coffee or tea or, or pop in between. That was his only sustenance, four beers a day. Like you were saying, these first few days of Lent, you're, you're finding them hard, hard going. And he said, yeah, the first few days, there was an acute hunger, but then his body just switched gears and got used to that this was what was coming in. Now, of course, over the course of Lent, he dropped something like 25 or 30. I was going to ask you if there was a weight loss, 20, 25 pounds. Well, wow. 25 to 30 pounds, but he found he was operating with a greater clarity. And mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, there was another guy in Cincinnati who did the same thing. And his comment was, is he found that he was able to operate with less sleep, more clarity and less inf inflammation in his body. Both of them said that, that they came to discover some, some, some very profound discoveries about the human body and the, and the human body's abilities to subsist like this. Not just what the body can do, but they also made some profound discoveries about ourselves spiritually. And, and they talked about coming to realize the, differ the difference between needs and wants. And, and the one guy said, you know, when we're hungry, when our, our tummy's grumbling, and we think we're hungry, we're not really hungry. It's more <laughs> out of boredom uh, that that kind of goes on. And then what one thing that really stuck out for me was they both spoke about the benefits of self-discipline in today's world, the benefits of self-discipline in a society of instant gratification. Because when you're <laughs> fasting like that, and I know we've talked about that, in, in fasting is that that self-control to, to say no, that self-discipline where you're, I'm not eating outside of mealtime. So when you go in the staff room and there's the box of donuts there, I, mean, I could go through a box of donuts in 30 mm -hmm. seconds if, I, if mm -hmm. I was left to it, but having that self-discipline to, to say no uh, and not just with food, but then that goes into other areas of our, our lives as well, especially with the, the power of the internet in our pocket with our phones and, and the rabbit holes that we can go down with those. So just developing that, that self-discipline in and of itself, right? Absolutely, absolutely. days in how's your lent going it's going well yeah I, I we started off we both started off well on the wednesday too i was fortunate enough to go to mass in the morning you were in the mass in the evening but that was i thought that was a good and with the churches opened up it was good to see people at church again that was kind of nice i enjoyed that well, and you're seeing that, that people again at church yeah, yeah it that, was that nice was beautiful to, to be in the churches and see the churches full and i know at the the mass oh. that i was at in the evening 
uh, father was commenting about how nice it was to be seeing mass looking at people as people. opposed to looking at a camera lens right i know it'd be and, nice to see people's faces again but at least we're seeing people for the most part right and, and hearing the responses and that, was, that yes. was father's other comment it was like music to his ears to hear people actually responding mm -hmm. to him in, in the mass and I, I i need to ask because you shared a little story about this the other day how was your ash wednesday fasting and abstinence you had a you had a great little story about yeah, it was good that. it was good unfortunately it was also my my daughter's 16th birthday so we did get a a big italian dinner and um unfortunately the veal and chicken looked so good but i, I couldn't imbibe but i did have a nice pasta and caesar salad and um but it was, it was, it was good. And, uh, I, I asked the guy and I, I told him, uh, when I ordered the meal and he says, you know what? I was at mass, a good Italian place, local place in Whitby. And I told him I was at mass this morning. He goes, so was I. And I said, yeah, you know what? It's just, it's the 16th birthday. It's kind of a special. So we're getting a big feast and stuff. I go, but I'm obviously not going to imbibe in the chicken or the veal. And he says, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll throw a little piece of fish in there for you as well so just goes to show you you know maybe maybe we should mention that more often our faith in the public realm and the responses that we get are often take us by surprise a little bit and it turns out to be a little bit bonus there as well for for myself in this case but maybe for others yeah no and i think it's very important that yeah we are more open not not in your face about yes. our faith but open about our faith. And, and I know the restaurant that you, you went to, and I know the owner and who you were speaking with. Um, and he's always been the same that, he, you know, he's not going to be in your face about mm -hmm. the faith, but he's not going to shy away from sharing it either. And, you know, how many restaurants in this day and age can you go in and there's a picture of the divine mercy you know, over the bar? Wow. Right? Yeah. That or, doesn't happen too often, does it? No. A, a crucifix over the door that leads into the, mm -hmm. the kitchen, right? And, and they're really good about that. And we've got a little brunch place up here where we are. Same thing that you, you go in and beside the cash register, there's a, a crucifix and a picture of Our Lady of Fatima there as well. And, and it is a starting point for conversation mm -hmm. with people. I think a lot of people find some solace in knowing that there's other people of faith out there. No, I think it's going to be a good Lent, and I think that... Uh, I think Father said it best on Wednesday morning, make this your best Lent ever, which I think was a kind of nice way to start the 40 days. That's for sure. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot then and, and ask you, what strategies do you have to make this the best Lent ever? Well, I think you, you gave me a couple strategies there, Robert. And certainly, I, I like the, um, the little doubt day to start the day. Certainly, that's something. I mean, you've got your litany of saints there, which is great. You've got your morning prayers. Um, and I think that, uh, as well, that book you gave, and it's the imitation of Christ. And that was, um, what was I going to say? And just a chapter a day, like you said to me, it's very, it's a very brief chapter, one a day. And that keeps you in the faith. Oh, very much. So. And, and I'm always amazed, uh, at how that chapter somehow falls in line either with the readings of the day 
or something that I'm going through at that mm-hmm. time. Right? I'm, I'm always amazed by that. And there's always a little nugget within each chapter. You might not take in the whole thing, but there's a couple of lines in there that just kind of get right to the point and say, hey, yeah, that's a really good point. I needed that. Yeah, very much so. And, and God works in mysterious ways. And, and God sends us these little whispers, like you see, these little <laughs> nuggets uh, from different places. And, and it's his way of just kind of reaching out right. to, to get our our attention right right and you're you're um and then of course you have your morning prayer and then you've got your weekly adoration at your church up in up in the port too yeah no very very blessed but it uh, again i was saying strategies to make this the best lent ever is you need to have that self-discipline and it all starts with with having a a disciplined life to make it into a routine and again, that's kind of what Lent is all about, is making these sacrifices and making these disciplined choices so that at the end of the, the seven weeks of Lent, you have ha- Easter habits and, and it becomes second nature. Cheers, mate. You've, you've got about half of your left. I've got a ha- about half of your left. Thanks for listening to the Pints and Pews podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed putting it together. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please join the conversation over at the Pints and Pews Facebook page.